Hello, once again, welcome back to the Honest Bicycle Program, uh, the cycling podcast without a clever tagline. Uh, we're just going to talk about bike stuff. I'm Greg Colby, as per usual, and I'm joined by Francis. Hello. How you doing, Francis? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Greg? Good, good. I'm I'm ready to go. I've got uh, I've got my microphone. I've got a drink perched upon my coaster, which is actually like a uh, screwdriver set because I'm Wait, you're, you're drinking a screwdriver? No, 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 no. What do you think this is? Two thousand four? Come on. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, are we are we back in college? Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yes, the good old days, the good old days of. Uh, drinking too much and because of that thinking it's a really good idea to to go and like smoke clothes cigarettes out on someone's porch and oh god lots of bad decisions were made yep, all... i know right college was just like a series of disgusting experiences that we thought were fun at the time that was your experience <laughs> of college <laughs> well <laughs> okay uh, might be i mean I, I can't say that was not my experience of college but <laughs> I mean, it was fun. It was good. Anyway, it was a good time. I don't. I don't. I'm not one of the people who wishes I were still there, though. Um, nope, I'm so, not either. So, Can't say. So I yeah, am. it's just. Yeah, so it's just the two of us tonight. Um, Matteo is is. Uh, I don't really know what he's doing. Honestly, he said he was busy. He's reliving his college days, drinking himself into a stupor. <laughs> It is entirely possible that he's drinking himself into a stupor. Uh, you never know. Um, alternatively, maybe he's doing something else. But but uh, I, I suppose we could ask him about it next time. I will just assume. Uh, so I, uh, it's always safe to to assume. Just yeah. assume someone's drinking themselves into a stupor. That's uh, <laughs> that's pretty much modern life. Yep. So it's been a while since since we talked. It was like what a month ago. Yep. Because we had an interview between now and then. Yeah. And so we were, like, excited because winter was actually approaching. <laughs> now winter's over. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, like, we had, like, we had, like, a week and a half, maybe two solid weeks of, like, winter. Winter? And that was pretty cool. And then we were like, oh, right, this sucks. Uh, and then and then nature kind of um, came through. Did with, we really you know, even have two weeks of winter? I don't even warming. think we had that much. It was, well, I, I think that, like, uh, it, it sort of scales that way, because that we had, like, this one weekend, that w at least here in Massachusetts, where it was, like, uh, really, really cold, and I figure that was good for, I mean, you know, that that was probably, like, 2x, right? Yeah, some semblance like, it, of it winter. Was four, that was four days of winter instead of two, and there were some cold days on, like, either side of that, too, so. Sure. I don't know. It's, there was still yeah. no snow, so in my eyes, not winter. We didn't get a winter this year. Yeah. Yeah, hottest hottest February ever, they're saying, and it's not even... No, wait, it is over, but they haven't finished crunching the numbers. I don't know. Anyway, so that happened, but but now it's spring is approaching, which um, I, I think our plan was to talk a little bit about spring racy stuff, like spring spring classics. Actually, I, I wanted to ask you something about that before we did. Um, sure. About, about the more professional racing um which is how Shoot. much if any do, do you do you watch of that like men's or women's <laughs> it's kind of funny because i am 
very particular in my cycling watching because I am really lazy. Um, <laughs> so generally, I kind of like pay attention to cross and then fall off the radar and kind of like, oh, spring classics are happening and like, you know, watch Paris Roubaix or like the end of it and then like pick up again around the tour. And then get really into it and then fall off the radar again. So I can't say I'm consistent with my professional cycling watching. I mean, I follow it on social media, you know, so I know what's going on. But I don't know. It's just kind of like, as the weather gets better, I'd rather ride my bike than watch lots of hours of cycling. Except for the tour. Then I just watch that at work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that that's good. Because I'm, I'm not alone then. Because um, I don't watch a super ton and it's partly because i'm sort of now absorbed more with uh spending more time on trying to become slightly less mediocre myself at cycling so i'm spending like time on the trainer or outside riding on the weekends and uh, you know i just can't be bothered a lot of the time but when i was i don't know when i was first getting into it i watched a lot i feel like it was kind of like it was kind of like having recently lost my like bike racing watching virginity <laughs> and it's like you're like i'm gonna try everything <laughs> yep i'm gonna try all the things oh my god uh, yeah I'm gonna uh, go... i can't say i ever really went through that phase with cycling you mean or with never mind i'm not trying to i'm not trying to bring the conversation <laughs> other places let's not take but... it there with cycling yeah. <laughs> um no I, I never like went through that like i'm gonna watch every single race yeah. I mean, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, it's it's weird because, like, you kind of compare it to, like, Americans watching, like, football or basketball or baseball or something. And, like, all of those activities involve, like, sitting around for a large amount of time. Which, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love sitting around. But I guess there's, like, other things I'd rather do being an active person. And, like... I don't know, you know, depending on what time the races are on, it's like in the winter, a lot, it's winter for one, and a lot of the like cross races with time difference are on super early in the morning, so you just watch them in the morning and then like go do your rides later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but sometimes like, but sometimes you have to ride, especially when you get into the summer and there's like actual races overseas and it's like actually nice to ride at eight in the morning or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, yeah, so. Uh, it's difficult, and of course, it's like just in, because of the way the rights situation works. In, so far as broadcast rights go, it's like it's just a nightmare of like getting pirated streams, and they're all fuzzy, and they're maybe doing terrible things to your computer. Yep, and, yep, exactly. Uh, sometimes it just you just can't get one to work. Um, but still, we muddle through, and and for me, this time of year is when it's worth it the most. For sure. Because uh, we're getting into Spring Classics. Yay, Spring so, Classics. Yeah, yeah. So we should talk, I don't know, a little bit about that. So what I'm going to try and do is talk both about the men and the women. And, and my my confession is I'm trying to get better about, like, actually understanding something about women's professional racing. It's a different um, beast, for sure. It Yeah, it really seems like it is. And it's, it is harder, you know sort of partly in my defense it is harder to watch even than the men's racing but it is out there yeah i mean they they don't make it easy to watch women's racing that's for sure i mean like if you're a cycling fan you have to look and search even if you want to watch like you know the normal races like spring classic and like you know 
you want to watch like Dent or Pirate Bay or anything, you have to really know where to look. And with women's racing, it's like you have to like go digging. Yeah, especially because some of the races are the same, but a lot of them are not. Mm. Um, it's and, true. And that gets that gets tricky because like uh, it's sort of a problem. I mean, it's sort of not, but also sort of a problem, which is like we sort of have the we at least once you get into it you kind of have some understanding of like what the calendar is for like the men's races and you think like right oh, exactly okay. yeah and you, and you think like oh i'll watch like yeah ghent wavel gum and and i don't know dwarf's door Landerin and just just all these things and be like well there must be a women's version of this same race mm-hmm. right there's not always nope <laughs> yeah so it's like the women have their own schedule, and like often you don't even hear about what they're doing unless there's some like epic mashup. Like um, a few years ago, um, oh crap, what was that race? I totally forget. Um, Flesh Malone, and you know versus like Evie Stevens versus Marion Voss, and people oh, are yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, I want to see that. And but like otherwise, it's like poof, like falls off the radar. But it's also like literally the only thing you see is like the the last climb up. The, the hill yeah the i mean there's no coverage of it it's not like they have the same sort of um you know cameras following the race and that sort of thing it's it's much uh you know it's it's the chicken and the egg problem it's like well yeah. people are always saying like we're not going to cover women's racing because it doesn't make us any money well it's like well you're not going to make any money if you don't cover it so yeah yeah and luckily that seems to be changing a little bit this is that's something that that helen wyman's talked about a lot which is um a big deal like well you know you got to commit and it actually has has this cyclocross season i don't want to go too deep in this is a different subject i guess but that has p- started to pay off and that like oh turns out people are watching the races right <laughs> because they're good so that's that's part of why i want to talk about it at least a little bit yeah it's like if you actually get them out there and like people understand who the riders are and understand what the races are and it's not just kind of a sideshow then yeah people will start watching it well in that so as far as that goes, as far as exciting races, um, one that's coming up that's actually going to be out by the time this show's out, so we're sort of talking about it sort of, I don't know, kind of pre-hoc, proctor, post-hoc, Latin words. Basically, yeah, whatever. It's going to have happened, but we don't hawk. know. Something hawk. Um, it, it will have happened um, for you, the listener, but we don't know what's happened. Is the start of Bianchi's coming up, and there's a, there's a women's version of that. Which is exciting. Yeah, yeah. So, for anyone who doesn't know, the Strada Bianchi, it means white roads, and it's this Italian race that takes place. Uh, it's sort of like Paris Roubaix, except instead of cobblestone, or more, maybe more like Tour of Flanders because it's hilly, um, but, but instead of uh, like cobblestones and rain, it's like sunny, usually, and it's these white gravel dirt roads. I actually didn't know it was. Game on yeah. me. I took Italian in college. Well, that's the Bianche there and, and Strade uh, is a road. Makes so. sense. Makes sense. <laughs> it doesn't make logical sense. Yeah, and it finishes in... Um, oh, boy. I'm forgetting the name of the, the city, actually. Do you remember the name of the city? Uh, no. Oh, see, no. Anyway, it's it's one of the walled, old walled cities, and it finishes Some in the Piazza del Campo. Some fancy Italian city with, you know, pizza everywhere. <laughs> Just pizzas all over the Pizzas road. and pastas flying all over the road. 
This is what I imagined Italy to be. I've never been there. I'd love to go, and I'd be very disappointed if there isn't pasta hitting me in the face as soon as I get off the plane. <laughs> just like just like Italian chefs in white hats being like, <laughs> Oh, the veal! It's the pasta! Have it the pasta! Yeah, just like pasta. dousing me in olive oil and like chucking <laughs> pasta at me. and I, I don't know. What, what else is in my Italian fantasy here? Very Mama different via. from others' Italian fantasy. I just want to be covered in Italian food. <laughs> just just bathed in Italian Yeah, none food. of this under the Tuscan sun crap. Just, like, throw all your pasta at me. Oh, yeah, seriously. Yeah, the whole... I, I find it hard to relate to, like, the, you know, meet some, I don't know, peasant worker and fall in love despite language barrier. It's like, no, 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 uh, no. Just fall in love and eat pasta bolognese for the rest of your life together <laughs> under <laughs> olive trees and some sort of... I don't know, Villa. Yeah, it's more Italian. <laughs> Italy sounds like a wonderful place. So there's this race there, and I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, um, finishes the Piazza del Campo, um, where they do these races. I don't. That's just my. That's just my fake Italian. I don't know if that's actually like if you're supposed to emphasize it much. You know, like Mamma Mia, Piazza del Campo. Like, I mean, having taken anyway. Italian, there's definitely emphasis that goes on. I don't know when or where. To, somewhere. Uh, incidentally, in the rare event, if you're if you're finding like pirated streams for races and you happen to come across an Italian feed, it is amazing. Oh yeah, Italians yelling in Italian. Is oh awesome. my god, and hilarious. <laughs> they are very the announcers the the Italian um, TV announcers are by far the most excited announcers. <laughs> oh yeah, any, they're uh, they're excited about everything. Nationality. Yeah, that's that's good times. Okay, so uh, right, so Stradivari is cool. Um, and that's like uh, I, I think that's a must watch. So if you didn't watch it this year, go to you you know go to YouTube, S- seek it out. Um, even if it's like uh, a previous edition or the you know the 2016 edition, like it's at the very least it's really hits the spot in terms of like ridiculously picturesque. Or it's supposed uh, to be like the, one of the toughest races of the women's tour for 2016. Well, so oh, it's got to be. Hopefully, it will be some really epic racing. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I, I actually. Oh, really, okay. Really so the the town it. is Siena. Oh, okay. I was, I was. That that was like on the tip of my tongue. But I was like, I yep, didn't want. Yep. I didn't want to be wrong. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> you, you, you all don't know if I actually was thinking of Siena. <laughs> so yes, okay. So Strada Bianca, Siena. Yeah, I'm actually looking at. I guess we might as well roll through here. Because I'm actually looking at the Women's World Tour calendar, and I'm not looking at the Men's calendar, so I I will not be able to necessarily remember. I just kind of want to hit the highlights anyway. Yeah. For for the men, which is uh, so yeah, Strada Bianchi is a good one. We already had uh, the Omloop Het Nuisblad um, and Kerna Brussels Kerna. Yep, that was an epic finish. Yeah, I missed. Um, unfortunately, I didn't see Kerna Brussels Kerna. Um, I just found out what happened and it sounded amazing yep yep um which was this is usually a sprinter's race right but that's not what happened is it why don't you tell us what happened greg well you're the one who said you saw it <laughs> what no I, I saw omloop i didn't see that one. Oh, okay so neither of us saw kbk okay well yeah basically it's usually a sprinter's race and jasper stevens uh, i don't know if that's how you say it uh, got away um, and was like, ha ha, I will break away and win solo. And everyone was like, oh crap. 
uh, and that was what happened, essentially. And apparently it was awesome. I did see the finish of um, the men's, again, on loop, uh, head noise blood, um, where uh, Greg ran over me, actually won a race, which was kind of neat. Did. Sagan could not come around him. He was just, like, in the front, and he was like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this. I probably won't win, but I'm going to do it. And he, and he won. It, yeah, it worked. This was after this French dude um, like went to the front in the last game and just was like eating wind mm. <laughs> like, you know, 500 or 600 meters. Oh my god, his cadence was so slow. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> are you going to sprint or are you just going to like pedal very, a very high gear very slowly for I, a while? I, I have to... <laughs> right. Well, maybe he was just like so excited to be like in the front group <laughs> with these guys. It's like, oh my god, I'm riding with Peter Sagan and Greg Van Avermeet. Holy crap, I'm just going to lead out the sprint. And then he like peeled off and was like, where am I? <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> bye, guys. <laughs> I think it was a headwind finish, too, or something. It looked grim. Yeah, it looked like uphill and slow. I think it is I think it is an uphill um, finish, as I recall. Not like a lot, but enough that like, you know, you'll feel it after 200 kilometers. Yeah, it definitely looked like they were like not your legs but using like ah, i'm trying to sprint but it's uphill yeah yeah classic sprint legs are not the same thing as like fresh sprint legs or like grand tour sprint legs yeah that's true not at all um did you see anything like well at least the highlights of the women's on loop no i actually didn't shame on me oh i i did catch the uh uh flemish <laughs> highlight video Oh my God. So I mean, I but I mean, Lizzie Armistead won. Yes, yeah, it was awesome. Actually, I didn't, I didn't see a lot. I didn't really know. The problem thing is, like, they're explaining what happened in the race, but they're doing it in Flemish. So <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. He's like, uh, Stirring de Bingebergen and uh, Lizzie Armistead uh, jumping Fastbergen. Oh, I'm just like, oh, okay, <laughs> like I, I, I got that. Um, crash into bunch, and then you're like, oh wait, I, I knew what that meant. Me and Maddie have had this discussion before about like the random like English sentences that sometimes emerge. Yep, the random English words. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, Lizzie Armistead like broke. It was it was great. I mean, she basically broke away um, with this other woman um, who I, I don't know who it was, and then uh, after riding with her for a little bit, was like, uh, I think it was ya. Gracie Elvin. Oh, okay. I don't know. Don't know who that On is. On Arika. I'm not even sure I'm familiar with that team. I am the worst. That's the uh, Australian team. Oh, so, okay. I guess Arika AIS Ace. I don't. I don't know how you pronounce that this year, but because it was Arika Green Edge before. Oh, 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 okay. Maybe it's not Australian anymore. I don't know. It's. I, I think no, it's like Arika is. is something very evil. I'm not sure. I think something like. Yeah. Yeah. Arika is evil. I know that. That's also. I was. Um, Arika. How do you pronounce it? Well, I had already. I, I thought Orica, but I'm not trying to correct you. I, I have no idea how to pronounce it. I'm literally making that up. It's one of those corporate names. They're like a strip mining company. Yeah, yeah yes, strip mining. That is what <laughs> they do. They're like super bad people. They mine strippers. <laughs> that's that's definitely what strip miners do. Yeah, that's that's. I'm pretty sure I looked it up. That is what strip mining means. They're basically like Captain Planet villains. Yes, mining, they're like... mining strippers, except much more pornographic. Yes, yeah. They're like, I'm going to pollute the world's oceans and also do bad things to these strippers who really don't have it coming to them. They're just trying to make a living. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, 
yeah, bad people. But uh, they sponsor a pretty good team, so so good for them. And you know, I don't know if that if she ended up getting second place. I I actually have this up. So one of the ways I've been trying to get caught up on um, <laughs> this is like the most coherent podcast about bike racing ever. Um, <laughs> so organized. Uh, one place I've been going to to follow the racing a lot is um, Sarah Connolly's blog. Oh yeah, she's awesome. I follow her. On she's Twitter. amazing. Yeah, of course, of course you do. She's I believe underscore pigeons underscore yep. on Twitter. Um, if you yes, pigeons, pigeons, pigeons. Uh, yeah, you must follow her if uh, you have any interest in I don't know interesting people. Um, who talk about uh, women's cycling in particular. And she has a great website too, prowomencycling.com, and um, she will give you all the info you need. Uh, so go there. She also has a podcast. Um, I just started listening to it, actually. Shame on me for not doing it sooner because it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, so that's where, where you should go for that. Anyway, um, yeah, Alma was cool. The other race, so the men at the KBK, um, so for the women, there isn't a KBK, but they, they have a, a second day thing called like the Spar Omloop Von Het Hogland that happens the day after the Omloop. Um, and that's also a pretty cool race. And that's actually a really well covered thing with a pretty long highlight video that I haven't been able to get through because it's like 18 minutes. God, that's not a highlight yeah. video. That's like a show. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. Um, it is also in, like Dutch, so um, <laughs> it's a little hard to understand what's being said. Yeah, but that makes sense. Yeah, the amount of content's really good. Right? Are there any particular? I, I guess rather than maybe going through all the races individually, are there, are there any ones in particular, either men's or women's, that you're really looking forward to? We already covered Strada Bianca. Mm -hmm. Yep, this is um, true. So, but but what are the other ones that you're really looking forward to? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, I guess I'm like a terrible women's cycling fan in that, like, I don't so much pay attention to it in the summer. But I mean, like, I guess like the men's races I always watch is like, you know, Perry Roubaix and Tora Flanders. And then I kind of like fall off the radar until uh, radar, the radar until um, <laughs> the Tour de France happens. And then I'm like, oh, look, everyone's in form. Yay. <laughs> that happened like magic. It is magic. Magic. Well, yeah, th those, those are definitely the. Um... I mean, those are the big ones that everyone watches. And so yeah. it's kind of like I'm being a bad cycling fan in that instance. But like I said, I mean, like I like to spend my time actually riding my bike as opposed no, to. No, it's true. Smashing my face into social media 100% of the time, which <laughs> I, I do some of the time. Some of the time, 100% of the time. That's probably healthier. I, well, oh, well, if it's 100% of the time. I, yeah, I spend, I do a lot of, anyone who follows me on Twitter, first of all, probably has many regrets in their <laughs> life um, because I just tweet a lot of nonsense, but I spend too much time there. I tweet uh, pretty much never right now, except when I'm bored or I have something that amuses and then you tweet a lot. And then I tweet a lot. <laughs> or sometimes you tweet when you've accidentally hooked up your Pinterest account to, like, your Twitter. Yeah, in which case everyone learned happen. about my desire to turn a van into, like, a camper and travel the world <laughs> one night <laughs> to the point that someone texted me, like, no, your Pinterest is probably hooked up to your Twitter because 
You really, or do you just really like Vans and you want everyone to know? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. That might have been me or I might have just tweeted at you. I don't know, but. <laughs> no, it was, it was, I was walking. it was Kristen. She, she, one of my friends, okay. she texted me like, you might want to know that. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, like, given the circumstances and given myself, that could have been much worse. Like, yeah, it's good. It was true. just, it was just Vans. Could have been something could have been, terrible. Could have been Vans. I, no, I don't know what that. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I mean, it, it, Greg, it was Vans. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Worst thing ever. Vans. Well, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> is this a podcast about bike racing? I think it is. Tour of Flanders is definitely, uh, yeah. Tour of Flanders, Paris Roubaix, the big ones. You know, it's funny. Um, Paru Bay is such a crapshoot, I feel like, as to whether it's going to be good to watch. Yeah, um, that's true. Because there have been a few additions. The last, like, two or three have been pretty good. But there was a bit of a run of, like, people going on super long solo breakaways. Which is pretty boring. Which is pretty boring. Um, and, and not so great. Um. So you never know, but I mean, you know, it's, it's worth checking it out. I, I'm not like, I, I feel like the kind of epic nature of it gets built up so much that it's almost an anticlimax. It's like, yeah, yeah, they're riding over cobbles. Yeah, it's incredible. Blah, blah, blah. Yep, yep. Uh, oh, they're suffering and so much vibration. Oh, no. Oh, though, if you've ever ridden even over like a little strip of like ornamental cobbles. Oh, are, oh, like, no, I, I fully understand. It's terrible. Yeah. I'm just making a joke about vibration. Oh, right. Okay. No, it's horrible. I don't. I don't want to ride. I don't want to do that. I don't want to ride over race over cobbles. That would be awful. That would just compound the suffering. I think it just doesn't. I think that like the full magnitude of it, just, it just doesn't come through on TV, or especially not if you're watching like some crappy low quality internet feed. I mean, it's one of those like old like not to use the sexist term, but hard man races of like ah oh, yes. This is such a difficult sport. We will now make it even harder by making you ride over the most uneven surface we can find. If there was a more uneven surface, we would make you ride over it to make you suffer. <laughs> and sometimes it will rain and it will be hard and slippery. Yes, sometimes we will also make it slippery. So you will fall and you will hurt your butt a lot. Your butt is going to hurt a lot. We don't yeah, want to hurt your legs so much as we want to hurt your butt. One of the best, one of the best actually cycling, um, uh, I don't know, kind of video moments ever is in, uh, you've, I, I assume you've seen, um, we did an episode on this a while back, um, A Sunday in Hell. I've seen parts of it, I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, there's like one point, uh, halfway through, fairly early in when they're like on the cobbles and they just have like a slow motion, just long shot, just like holding the camera for a long time on like the riders kind of pounding over um uh uh the cobbles on one of these sectors and it's just so it's so bad like they're you can see like their arm muscles just like flopping around everywhere yeah. and <laughs> yeah, just like oh man i mean <laughs> this just... this is a common thing i mean cyclists love to make themselves suffer it's yeah. just like a, they love to hurt and hurt more they're like oh Bike racing up really steep hills in Europe? Cobble. Let's add some. That will make it worse. We will feel worse. Yeah, and there are there are women's races with them, but they don't have an equivalent. No, wait, they, there is a women's tour of Flanders, actually. 
come to think of it, that's probably worth watching. As is, uh, there's a, there's a women's Ghent Wevelgum that's um, pretty prominent. And these are kind of right around March 27th for Ghent Wevelgum, and and uh, the Tour of Flanders is April 3rd. And hopefully, you'll actually be able to see them on like the same broadcast as the men's races. Awesome. Um, yeah, and that would be that would be pretty great. And I'd say those are definitely worth catching. Uh, yeah, and so I, I like those. I haven't seen the women's races so much. I don't know what happens in them. Um, the style of racing is really not the same, is it? It's very different. It's very different than kind of the men's racing is just like you have, I don't, I don't know. It's, it, it's tough to kind of distill it into one or two sentences. Well, it's more, it's more um, controlled for sure. You think so? Well, in that, yeah, right, in that there's... Like the fields are are bigger and just for various reasons the the men's oh you mean in, in the men's yeah yeah I would I would yeah. agree with that for sure Absolutely. yeah the men's race is more controlled I would say the women's race is less controlled yeah the men's race in some cases like especially when you're watching like the Grand Tours is almost scripted you know you hear them talking about like oh you know they've planned it out so they let the breakaway dangle and then they're gonna catch them with ten seconds to go before the line and they've planned it all out and it's like okay great. And it's like, you know, they have these, like, giant train teams that can just, like, crush at the front until the, like, 40 miles an hour until they bring anything back. And just, like, women's racing isn't like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like exactly. women's racing is a lot more, I don't know, varied. It's it's interesting because, like, you have more players, I think, in each team that want to just, like, smash each other's legs off. Yeah, there's a lot of, there is a lot of attacking on... Um... The kind of it, because it's less professional, not as like a matter of like they're not as good, but like literally, it's like a, there's a like the mix in the field is very few of them are like full time paid um, professionals. Yep. Um, you have a wider range of of ability, um, so things blow apart more easily. Um, the teams are smaller typically, aren't they? Um, they are, yeah, but I mean, like the quality you get in in those European races, the big races, is so incredible because it's like you don't have these riders usually have these huge teams around them doing what at, basically at their beck and call. Like, ah, right. you are going to organize everything for me, and then I'm going to ride away up the hills. You have like, I don't know, especially like speaking from the perspective of having been in like, you know. I've never been in a race of that caliber, but having been in elite women's races, it's like, you know, they want to just rip each other's faces off. <laughs> uh, and I mean, you know, there's a little bit of cat and mouse, you know, you get that like, okay, we're going to just like play around a little bit until we get to a decisive part of the course. And then we're just going to smash the shit out of each other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's not so much of like the, an uh, early breakaway is gonna go, and they'll get a lead. It's like no, you're you're not gonna let that breakaway go. It's like they're gonna like they're gonna just like bam, 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 just like smash attack after attack after attack until someone gets off the front because the field is tired, <laughs> not because they're like we will let this breakaway go for you know the fans. The women are just like no, we're gonna crush you. And like TV time isn't a thing. No, <laughs> it's not a it's not a thing. So everyone just wants to crush each other. Cool. So, so all right. So, again, Wavelgum Tour Flanders, um, the women's races for that. Uh, the other races I really like are I really like the Ardennes classics, the ones that are on pavement in like hilly in April. Um, so, I do tend to make a point of those because 
when I was getting into racing, one of the first races I saw actually was the uh, Amstel Gold Race, um, which takes place in the Limburg province of the Netherlands and uh, is kind of a lot of the same general area as uh, the other one is for the men is Liège, Bastogne Liège is the big one, and um, La Flèche Wallonne. Yeah, Flèche Wallonne um, is a great one. Yeah, and there's a there is a women's version of the Flèche Wallonne, which we discussed earlier and the so the main characteristic of the flesh wallone is um it does a bunch of circuits primarily mm-hmm. and it goes through this town called the uh, hui or hoi or something like that hoi hui i don't, I don't know how to something like that, that. I, I think that it might be hoi and it's i'm thinking of like high school spanish when i say hui um but there's a you know it's a gigantic steep hill and they go up it like three different times in the men's race anyway over the course of the race and uh it's pretty much you know the last kilometer of the race is up this hill and it's like who can get to the top of this ridiculous this ridiculously stupid hill yep that watching evelyn stevens and marion voss do that was just like amazing oh my god i'd recommend anyone look that up yeah yeah there's not much it's like literally it's like it's like, well, we have these cameras set up for the men's race later in the day. We might as well turn them on. Here's uh, a couple shots. Uh, it's It was so great. It was, it was like, what, 2012 or something? I don't know. Uh, 2012, 2013, yeah. Also, if you're hearing any weird noises in the background, that's my dog. I'm rubbing his ears, and he's making funny noises. <laughs> oh, no. So don't don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. <laughs> that was a sound of deep pleasure. <laughs> He's like, yes, yes. He's like, yes, the ears. Yes, again. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, so that's worth watching. It's worth watching. I mean, the men's race, it, it's probably more exciting with the women's race. Or at least you're typically only going to see. Maybe that will change. Maybe, But you've kind of only seen the climb for the women's race mm-hmm. in the end. And that's sort of all you really need to see, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Uh, with Flesh Malone, it's like. That's the decisive moment. Yeah, it's it's essentially like three minutes of excitement mm-hmm. <laughs> in a two hundred kilometer race. But the first the first like race I really watched was yeah, I'm still gold, and it was like watching people zoom through you know these tiny narrow uh, Dutch roads like into these village centers and going around traffic furniture, and then like all of a sudden they're like in the woods and the road is sunk like kind of deep into the hillside and. Um, then they're going by farmland and it's just like what the heck is going on like it's so like the division between like (laughs) it's urban and now it's farmland and it's urban and that's now it's farmland was like just it's such a ridiculously beautiful um place and in the kind of place that like if you if you like riding bikes you're like oh i would totally want to ride there because it's like twisty and turny and that's amazing yeah interesting and and so I, I really enjoyed watching that, and it was uh, fun to watch that race, too, and up the hill. So I like those, uh, and and that kind of, I don't know, that kind of does it as far as that goes. Is I don't know, should we talk about riders at all? I, I actually am a little bit curious about, I don't want to hear too, I think we should wrap it up on the, the racing, but yeah, is there anyone in particular that do you think we should be watching for in terms of the actual racers uh, i mean like always lizzie armistead of course she's such yeah. an interesting racer and she's such an interesting person as well that you know um i don't know she just has such interesting opinions and like megan Gardier, obviously and like evelyn stevens when she gets back into it 
um, you know, after the uh, yeah. our record attempt, of course. Yeah, like, how cool was that? It was awesome. Actually, that was really, we didn't even mention that. It's not really, I guess, a spring classics kind of thing. No, it's not, but. But it was rad. It was rad, yeah. She crushed it. Yeah. We watched that. We had a bike swap here. Um, my team does a bike swap every year, and we we were set up with uh, the projector going on the the whiteboard wall. Uh, of first, we had um, you know the the race in the morning, the on loop. But then it was like, hey, Evie Stevens' record attempt. Let's put that on. So we got to have that go the whole time and, and see it. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty great. So, yeah, that that's all very cool. At some point this year, I don't think we're going to see her for the Spring Classics necessarily, but Marianne Voss will be back. She's supposed to be, yeah. She's had kind of a long break with a, a lot of injury, but hopefully she'll be back. Yeah, well, she says she will. She says she definitely will. It's kind of a question of when. Yeah, she wants to be, that's for sure. Yeah. So that's really exciting, um, but I don't know if we'll see her in the Spring Classics. Um Oh, should be mentioned, Lizzie Armitstead is the current world champion. Uh, that she in is. Road races, and of course, won her first race back, <laughs> which was great with the with the envelope, uh, head noise blood. That was pretty neat. Uh, <laughs> I enjoy. It was like, of course, she was like, yeah, it wasn't really the plan, but uh, I don't know, it went pretty good. <laughs> yep. So, so humble. <laughs> yeah. So that that was awesome. And on the men's side, I mean, you know, it, the kind of regular, the usual suspects of uh, Greg Van Avermeet, and we're going to be looking for, uh, you know, Fabian Conchalara in his last season, and Tom Tom Boonen to hopefully come back and and not like crash uh, in Paris Nice. That would be nice. Yep. Yeah, looking for for Peter Sagan to maybe finally land a big a big classic. Um, Word on the street is that he's not shaving his legs until he wins. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> a race. So I mean, Peter Sagan is going to be Peter Sagan. So you know, he's going to do whatever he's going to do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He was. Uh, did you did you see the video where like Nibali? This is at like the Tour de San Luis or something like that. Like Nibali showed up with a present for him at like the team bus, and it was a razor. Yeah. Yep. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Good time. He likes to buck the trend, though. I mean, that's kind of his thing. Yeah, it is true. It is sort of fun to see this guy show up, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm not shaving my legs. Uh, so what? It's winter." Yep. <laughs> exactly. Like, like I feel you, Peter Sagan. I'm on that train myself. Yep. But of course, I'm I'm not racing. Yeah, it's like we're not professional cyclists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Actually, do you have? So this is my final thing. I was wondering about. So obviously, the spring classics are this like pro racing phenomenon. But is there, I don't know, is there an equivalent for you? Like, is there something you consider, like, your spring classics? Like, the season has started, and these are the things I care about, like, as a bike racer? Ugh, ugh, God. Um, I'm, I'm a terrible person to ask about that, because historically, I do not like early spring racing. I am, uh, in terms of local racing. Not because the racing is bad, just because I hate being cold. Yeah. I hate being cold. I mean, like, it's... A monumental effort to get me to out and do my base training in winter because I hate being cold. And so going out in the early spring races, especially around here, because really your only option is you have to race with men. And so getting like jostled around by a bunch of like dudes that are twice my size 
and it's really cold outside, and it just, I don't know, it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> Riding with all, the, like, the crit jocks. Oh my god, getting, like, smashed around. You're like, okay, I'm going into that spot. Okay, no, I'm not. Never mind. Cool. I, I do feel your pain a little bit on that front. Uh, it's like I, Mr. Small Guy. Yeah, it's just not, it's not my cup of tea. I, I actually don't generally start racing until, like, late April, early May, because I'm just not into being fucking cold as shit. And, like, getting shoved around by a bunch of old dudes. <laughs> yeah, being shoved around with Masters racers. Nobody likes that. No, and, like, they get all bent out of shape when they see women in, like, the A field. They're like, oh, women, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. And then I get, like, shoved into a pothole, and I'm like, god damn it. Like, I mean, like, not to speak ill of all Masters racers. I'm sure there are plenty of nice Masters <laughs> Hashtag racers. Hashtag not all Masters racers. Not all Masters racers. It's, you know, I don't know. It's just, you, you tend to get kind of bounced around in that field. And then, like, mm -hmm. you know, inevitably, there, you know, a lot of them are in better shape than you. And so then you get spit out, and then you're riding around, it's freezing cold. It's, like, 38 degrees, and you're like, god damn it. You drove two <laughs> hours to get to the race. <laughs> I don't know. In, in that instance, it's, like, it's better for me to just, like, I'm just going to go for a three-hour ride, and that's going to be way a more better use of my time than driving two hours to a race. And getting smashed around by a bunch of Masters racers driving to our song. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. There's also, like, maybe a certain amount of, uh, uh, I, well, like, the spring, sort of the quote-unquote spring classics, right, a few years ago for, for, for both of us, though, for me, only for one season, I guess, we're doing the collegiate season. Oh, well, that was just, like, fun. I mean, like, yeah. the collegiate racing was just awesome. But that's, like, a whole different kind of, whole different ball game. Yeah, and it was, and it's, yeah, it's a different scene. Like, you actually did a w women's races, you know, to enter there. Um, yeah, I had other women difference. to race against, which was nice. But it was, it was like, here in uh, the Northeast, uh, it's the Eastern Collegiate Cycling Conference. I think they only, uh, I think it's just easy to say E, but it really is kind of the N-E, triple C. True. Because it's the Northeast. It's basically like New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and up. Yep. You know, from, into New England from there. Uh, and it's like, the season typically starts in, like, the first weekend of March. Oh my god, it was so cold. So much it's cold. So co yeah. And it doesn't matter that you're in New Jersey. Like, it's like, oh, well, New Jersey's south of Massachusetts. You're like, it's, it's still better. cold. <laughs> no, it's still, still so cold. really cold. Ugh. Oh, the worst part was, of course, at that point, I had essentially no, like, actual, like, winter clothing of my own and i was like borrowing like rowing tights from like my girlfriend at the time and just like i remember that being the most hilarious thing about collegiate cycling was going to the early season cycling races and seeing the collegiate d racers which was oh like the lowest God. category and like literally some of them had flannel on underneath their jammies or like sweatpants. Or sweatpants. Yeah, because it was literally just like anything goes. It was like it's cold. You have no equipment minus your team kit. So, yep, there you go. You're wearing you're wearing your sweatpants. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a mess, but that that was that was fun. And then after that, it's like I don't know. People want there to be like I feel like people really want there to be some equivalent to like this is the spring classic race, you know. And, yeah, I mean, there's be, like, like tour of the Baton Kill or something. There's Baton Kill. But... There's like the Johnny Cake races, and it's just like I don't know. Some people get really into those. I'm I'm not one of them. I'm I'm kind of a crit monkey. I like the spring criteriums. I think I think the Johnny Cake 
uh, races are for like people with I don't know some kind of psychiatric disorder. <laughs> some people really like building really early, and they get into those early season races. I'm just not one of those people. No, it's rough. Especially because I, 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 I race cross. It's like I have no desire to get in that early. Yeah, I'm dealing with that too, actually, since I'm actually, uh, I'm crazy and I, I realized, so first of all, of course, cross gnats, I'm, I'm better at cross than road as it turns out. Me too. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's like, okay, so I want to focus more on that. So there is that. And then it's like this year in particular, um, cyclocross gnats is going to be in Hartford and I had the slightly horrifying realization that I actually qualify to race the baby masters category. Oh, the thirty this yeah the thirty to thirty four category. I could have done that this year. Um, Exciting. Old. Um, so and that would be the, like so. So my plan is to actually race nationals <laughs> in the masters thirty to thirty four category, which means my season is ending <laughs> next January. I mean, we kind of so, have to if it's that close. You know? Oh yeah, well that's exactly the point. I, I really yeah. have to. You you, so, you can't not race nationals. Yeah, so so I am actually this year kind of taking a relatively relaxed approach to coming into the racing and not planning to be like on top of the world in in March. And I'll I will actually do a cop like probably one race in March. I'll probably do Ninigret or whatever. Yeah, I mean there's um, the Ninigret but... races, but I mean like I feel like there's more benefit for me in doing base and like getting a strong build than in going and like smashing myself and freezing my butt off at these races. Yeah, I mean, really cool. I smash, I, I freeze my butt off anyway doing base training, but yeah, good point. There are there are, there are trainers, but spending long hours on them is. I can't, I can't do that. More than like two hours, more than two hours on a trainer is just, I can't, is, is torture. <laughs> Some of us on the really cold weekend we had a few where it was like five degrees or whatever, or nine degrees. Well, I mean, high. then you have to, but. Yeah, we we did four hours. Oh my god! Why? <laughs> it was terrible. Ah. Why? It was, it was really, we were just like, it was like three dudes in my basement and just sweating. It was disgusting. Oh, God. Oh, you yeah. might as well have like made a porno. That would have been a better use of your time. <laughs> oh. Four hours on a trainer. God. I mean, I guess that would have been pretty sweaty too. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to sweat anyway, you may as well, I don't know. I, I give it the choice of the two. <laughs> I don't know. Those guys, they're, they're kind of hairy. All right. Still four hours on a trainer. <laughs> Maybe that's where we should wrap it up. Um. All right. Every, yeah. All right, everybody. You've been listening to the Honest Bicycle Program. Um, <laughs> I'm still thinking about it. Make it, make it a porno. <laughs> don't, don't do it. Just don't do either. Don't do either of those things. Yeah, probably a bad idea. Uh this has been the Honest Bicycle <laughs> Bicycle Program. Um, you know, get in touch with us. Tell us what you think of our craziness. Uh, you can you can tweet us at uh, Honest Bike Show on Twitter. Um, you can email us on honestbikeshow at gmail.com. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. It'd be great. Uh, I've been Greg, and uh, you've been... I've been Francis. Awesome. That's great. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time, everybody. See you later.